0: Uh, it's a God we serve, amen? It's a God we serve. Uh, he's a faithful God. But I am excited about today. Um, you know, Pastor Darrell has, uh, we're part of Victory Ministries here at Living Faith Church. We're accountable to them. We give an annual uh, statement of who we are and what we've done and, and how we operate. Uh, Children's Church, you guys are going back over? Sweet. And, and it's always cool. I think it's been a long time since he's actually preached in the pulpit uh, from us, for us. Um, but we're def- definitely excited about what he's bringing uh, it's always good to bring the history of where we've been to the present of where we are. I, I'm working with Billy to get Pastor Terry Kirk here sometime this fall. Uh, it's going to be awesome to have Pastor Terry here as well, uh, to hear what God has done through his life and where he is now and the station he's in, which is really exciting. But we got an Elk River boy with us today, uh, who, Herbert Hoover High School graduate. Uh, I think he said he has his 50th uh, high school reunion coming up. Uh, here soon, he's going to see that new beautiful campus or building there on the Elkview exit, and we're excited. I, I did go to Victory Bible Institute, or uh, I graduated in uh, 96. Caleb was born in March, and I graduated in May. <clears throat> One of my favorite highlights of that whole 16 classes, we took four classes every nine weeks, uh, and we, we left here, it was like six of us jumped in BG's van. We had more church, typically, going back and forth to Huntington, uh, but there was about 12 of us from the church that went in totality, and I'll never forget the speaking class, I mean, Pastor Darrell was over the speaking class, and and you had, I think, three or four minutes is all you had, and, and I don't care how anointed it was, if you went over, it, you, you got an F, probably, but <laughs> <clears throat> the Spirit of God moved and helped him, but, so you were on the clock, so there was there a was hundred of us, right, in the class, and I'll never forget this as long as I live, and, and I'm actually going to preach on prayer uh, in July, and a passionate prayer, and this, this is going to come up again, but I don't know if you remember this. But this lady came up. She was from Kentucky. This is powerful. And and because of the, the institution, because of the, the schooling, she was in the Baptist. And this this reached that whole area. The whole tri-state was touched by, by what you did. And because of the impartation of faith and the word of God, I remember she came home. I remember this testimony like it was last night. And she said, I... My living conditions were atrocious. She said the trailer we were in, the bathroom floor was literally caved in. She said, but because of this school, I realized that God has called me to more and that he doesn't want his kids living like this. So they, her and her friend who they carpooled were stopping and God just dropped them off at an Oakwood Homes location and they just started praying for a double y a a new modular home. They prayed the prayer of faith. Got in the car and drove on down the road. Three days later, everybody say three days. Columbia Gas showed up on her doorstep. <laughs> Ma'am? Yes. We we we've been doing some research and we're looking at our maps, and you're sitting on this massive gas reservoir that we gotta get you out of here. We gotta buy everything you got. We gotta buy your property. We gotta buy your trailer. We gotta buy it all. Like we're just we gotta buy you out. We gotta get you out of here. Three days. Three days. And that night, I'll never forget this. That night she told her testimony. About just five weeks later, she was living in a new place with that same modular home that she prayed over. Of course, she began to remember it. She ran, she ran, ran on sanctuary. She ran. That's a big church. She ran around a whole sanctuary. It's about five, about a whole bunch of people started running around that sanctuary. And I say that not, not to. I say that to give God the glory, but I say that to to encourage you, my friend, because that was a season where you guys were imparting the word of God to a generation that was that that still the ripples effects. You're going. You planted seeds. You may never see grow. Those trees may haven't even grown yet, but you help plant those seeds or water those seeds. I want to encourage you with that. So, with that being said, give it up for Pastor Darrell Huffman as he comes and breaks the Word of God for us.
1: Hallelujah. Well, praise praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to be back in the valley. Glory to God. My old stomping grounds, like you said, I went to Hoover played football up there. They've got a pretty good team going on up there now, praise yeah. God. But uh, uh, we're excited to be up there a little bit later on. Uh, Pastor Frank, just we've been friends since uh, Moby Dick was a minnow, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. And we've had great times together and God has just, it's just been wonderful. I appreciate everyone here and so thankful to be here. We just... Uh, Finished up our youth camp. We call it East Coast Camp now. And uh, we had right at 600 kids down there, praise God, and 23 churches and churches from Florida all the way up into Ohio came in. God just blessed that. Hallelujah. So we just had a good time on that. And God is moving. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Also, uh, my lovely wife, Bonnie, want her to stand up. Praise God. We, uh, we met 50 years ago this August wow. at Ferrum. It was a junior college then. I went down there and played football. But uh, we met on registration day. Hallelujah. And uh, she's got an identical twin. And I went over there and struck, kind of started a conversation, and she's what responded. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so... So she was the twin that responded, so here we are today. She's still responding. Amen. Praise God. But this August, two years after that, this August we'll celebrate 48 years. Amen. So we're excited about that. Praise God. Amen. How many of you believe God has something good for you this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, a church has got living faith attached to it. You almost have to teach a message on faith, so amen. I want you to stand with me real quick. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands up to the Lord and just, just just, praise Him for a moment and set your minds on the things of God. Just set your heart on the things of God. Just make up your mind right now. The Bible says in His Word that Jesus is the sower and the Word is the seed. And He said the, the ground that produced the, the harvest was those who heard the Word, received the Word. And we're doers of the word, amen? And so today we're going, to, we're going to be good ground. So Father, we thank you now and praise you. We give you glory and honor for everything. We thank you, Lord, for this great church that you've raised up to be a witness. And Holy Spirit, we just yield to you, trust you right now to give us utterance. Lord, we thank you right now for moving upon every heart and every person in this church. And we just set ourselves to hear, to receive, and to be doers of this word. And we thank you in advance for confirming your word in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to invite you to turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Or I mean, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. The Apostle Paul is writing here to the church of Corinth, and he says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, now, Paul's already spoken here. There we go. We'll get that down. Praise God. But Paul's already spoken here about how the devil's trying to blind people from the word of God, trying to keep people from hearing the word and keep them in darkness and keep them in sin. So he's, he's preaching it to these people. And he's talking. You've got to remember, Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. Amen. He's not writing to sinners here. He's writing to the church. He's writing to believers, and he's teaching believers how to live. You know, when you read the Bible, you need to understand that these letters written by the apostles were written to us so we could learn how to live in the kingdom of God. Now, there's instruction there on how you get born again, of course. There's instruction on how you get filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Word of God is given to you and me because, like we were sh- just sharing before, you know, you're not to look back in the past. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are past well all things become new. Amen. If you're in Christ, that's your life. That's who you are. Amen? Right. You're not an old sinner saved right. by grace. You can't be that. Amen. That's an impossibility. Amen? What do you mean? I mean, you're either an old sinner or you're saved by grace, but you can't be both. Come on. 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 Hallelujah. See, when you get born again, God changes who you are on the inside. Amen? And he pours his spirit into you, praise God. And he gives you a new life. And he brings you out of the kingdom of darkness and places you over into the kingdom of God. And he makes Jesus your Lord and your king. And now you are, have citizenship in heaven. Praise God. Amen. Aren't you glad today that the moment you ask Jesus to come in your heart, your name was inscribed in heaven. And you got an address up there. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And so today, we're, we're God's people. We're, we're, we're children of God. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen. And you've got to understand this. If you're going to operate in the things of the kingdom of God, you're going to have to operate in faith because faith is the currency that causes everything in the kingdom of God to work. Amen. And see, God wants you and me to partake of all the blessings of heaven. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12, he says, Giving thanks unto the Father who hath qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Hallelujah. Why? Because he has delivered us from the authority and the power and the dominion of darkness and has translated us, conveyed us over into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of the remission of sins. Hallelujah. Amen. So what's he saying? He's saying God didn't just save you and say, now hang on, hold out till you get to heaven. Amen? God brought you out from under the dominion of darkness, under the authority of darkness. Satan no longer is your Lord. He no longer has say in your life. Amen? Now that doesn't mean he's not going to tempt you. He's not going to test you. He's not going to try to steal, kill, and destroy. But in John 10, 10, Jesus said, even though the devil is here to steal, kill, and destroy... Guess what? I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Come on, somebody got to get silent. See, Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, in this world you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have tests. You're going to have trials. You're going to have struggles. The enemy's going to throw things at you. Now, if he'd have stopped there, my God, we'd all just gone into mourning and prayer right now. Right. Uh-huh. But he didn't stop there. He said, But be of good cheer. Now, how can I be of good cheer, Lord, if I'm going to be subjected to tests and trials on this planet? What's the, what, what's, how am I going to have a good attitude if that's what the things are going to be? If I'm going to get up every day and realize there's a devil that's out here roaring like a lion, trying to devour me, trying to stop me, trying to steal, kill, and destroy from me, trying to throw tests my way, trying to throw stuff at me that I can't over. Wait a minute, Lord, why should I be excited? Why should I have a good attitude? But be of good cheer, for I have deprived the world, one translation says, I have deprived the devil of his power to defeat you and take you down. Hallelujah, amen? I've overcome it for you. What's Jesus saying? In every test and trial you find yourself in, God has already provided a way for you to get out of that, for you to walk through that, and for you to come out what the devil meant for bad, you'll come out for good, and what the devil meant to tear you down, God uses to raise you up. Come on. Amen. But how do I do that? I have to do it through faith. Amen. See, Hebrews eleven six, 6, the apostle writing to the Hebrew children said this. He said this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, him being God. Amen. Why? For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is a what? A reward of them that diligently seek him. So God, speaking through the apostle to the Hebrew Christian, says this. You have to have faith and the kind of faith that believes that God will do for you what he said he would do if you're going to please God and walk in victory. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I just believe God's a good God. Yes, yes He is. Yeah. I believe he'll do what he said he would do. Amen. Yes, Amen. Glory to God. And you know, the thing about faith is this. Galatians 3.11 says that the just shall live by faith. Those that have been justified, and made righteous before God, are to live by faith. You know, faith isn't just something you use when you have a problem. Right. Well, I'm having a problem, Dad. Better get out in faith. No, you should have got up in faith. You should have took your shower in faith. You should have got dressed in faith. You should have ate your breakfast, definitely in breakfast in faith. Amen. Get in your car and drive in faith. Blink your eyes in faith. Hallelujah. Because, you see, faith means that I've entered into a walk with God where I'm trusting him in every area of my life. And no matter what I'm facing today, no matter what's going on in my life today, I trust God to get me through this. Amen? I trust God to be there for me. I trust God that when I ask him to help me, he will help me. And instead of me going down, I'm going over. Hallelujah. Amen? And so Paul writing here now to the Corinthians says this, We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Faith is not a natural thing. It's not just, uh, uh, you know, steps one, two, three, and four. Faith is a spiritual living force that operates on the inside of you. Are you hearing me? It's alive. It's a trust. It's a relationship with God. Notice he said we having the same spirit of faith. Right. Amen? What's that mean? Faith is a spiritual thing. Faith is something that you just can't reach out and feel. But faith is a confidence and a belief on the inside of you that will not be denied. On, Are you hearing me? Amen. And so Paul writing here, somebody says, boy, I wish I had that faith. Well, just get saved. Hallelujah. Amen. You can have that faith. if you How if, you know Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says uh, that we are saved by grace, what? Through faith, not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Well, we all know grace is a gift. Uh, right. But How many of you know faith to receive the grace was a gift also? Yeah, yeah, good. Amen. God gave you the faith to receive his grace so that you could get saved because it was all God's works. How I many of you know you didn't get saved because you earned it or you got good enough to do it and you know you didn't. No, no, no. You know what you did? The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Somewhere down the line, somebody got enough word in you to change the way you think, to change your heart and all of a sudden you begin to realize that God is real and God at that moment dropped faith into your spirit and whenever he dropped faith into your spirit, you confess Jesus is your Lord and when you confess Jesus is Lord because of Faith in your heart, God changed who you were. Hallelujah. Amen. And you were saved by His grace at that moment. Praise God. By His unmerited favor because you couldn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But thank God, God gave you enough information through His Word to let you know that He's a good God, that Jesus died for your sins, that God raised you from the dead, and now He is Lord. And if you confess Him as so, you shall be saved. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, my brother's talking about I, I did play football at Hoover. Then I went to Fairham and I played two years there. I was very fortunate. We got to play, I, I got to play on a national championship team and, and then I took a scholarship and I went to East Tennessee State. And, and so during those first couple of years, I was a good person. Amen. I was a nice guy. I believed in God. I did. Told people I believed in God. But I wasn't living for God. Amen. You, know, you can believe in God and not know God. You can believe in God, not live for God. Yeah. And so I go to East Tennessee State and, and, and I went out with some guys, did some things we shouldn't have done, and, and I knew it. And I saw myself falling and falling, falling, getting farther away because I'd been taught by my mom that you need to believe in God, live for God, all these things and, and stuff. I never went to church and never owned the Bible. Didn't know much about anything. Bonnie will tell you, we got married just not too long after what I'm telling you about here. But we got married, and we went to the church, and and they sang the doxology, I guess. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. I went, they got ghosts in this church? Oh, my God. (laughs) I never heard of Holy Ghost. What's that? (laughs) She said, just keep coming, they'll teach you. Hallelujah, praise God. Amen. But you see, I didn't know how to get saved. I never heard Romans 10, 9, and 10. You can't have faith for what you don't know. Are you listening to me? And so nobody had ever read Romans 10, 9, and 10 to me. And so one night I had an encounter where the Lord spoke to me and and said, you know, I needed to make some changes. In fact, a very strong, authoritative voice spoke to me and said, uh, except you repent, your life on earth will be short. And it was so real to me that I got up and looked around to see if my roommate had come in and was playing a joke on me. And I went back and laid down, and I was thinking about how I'd partied the night before and how I'd done all this. And I didn't want to live that way, and I don't know what to do. How can I change my life, and why is this going on? And then, you know, as, as, as I'm there, the same voice spoke again. This time I answered. I said, God, I want to live for you. I don't know how to. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pray. That was on a Friday night. On on Wednesday night, these two guys who were on the football team went to a Baptist church Sunday and Wednesday every week. And some of the guys were laughing and persecuting them and fussing at them. And I actually stepped up and defended them. I said, no, they're right. We're wrong. Leave them alone. So they all showed up. This same voice said, go to them and they'll show you the way of salvation. So I got up, ran around my, the dorm, went over and knocked on their door. And one of the young men, he played wide receiver. He opens the door. His name was Doug. I said, Doug, can you help me? He says, what do you need? I said, I need to get saved really bad. <laughs> well, you know, two on fire young Baptists that were all crazy for Jesus, that was like throwing meat to a lion. Hallelujah. <laughs> He grabbed me, pulled me in, and you know what? I went in there, and for the first time in my life, one of them grabbed a Bible and said, let me read this to you. And he read Romans nine, Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, God raised him from the dead and confessed him as your Lord, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness with the mouth, confession made unto salvation. And you know what happened when I heard that? Faith to be saved came into my heart. Because Romans 10, 17 goes on and says, faith comes to you by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And so that faith rose up and he said, just pray this prayer. And they led me through. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe God raised him from the dead. I believe he is Lord, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart. I confess before all that Jesus Christ is now my Lord. And you know what something did? I got saved. A transformation took place in my heart that night, in that dorm room. Praise God. Amen? Because faith came to me through the Word of God. You understand? You've got to let the Word get in you because there's two things that he talks about here about the spirit of faith. Faith being spiritual means this. Number one, you have to know God's will before faith will work for you. Amen? And notice he says this, he says, he says up here again, he says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed. Notice that. You had to base your believing on what is written in the Word of God. That's right. That's right. Come on, we'll say it again. I didn't get saved because I wanted to be saved. I didn't get saved because I had good intentions. I got saved because it was written in Romans 10 9 and 10 that if I would act upon these words and do what it said, I would be saved. And I based my believing and confession upon what the word said, and I got saved. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? In Psalm 119, verse 130, the Bible teaches this. He says, the entrance of thy words gives light. It brings understanding into the simple. You know what he's saying? He's saying the word will never bring the light of the revelation of God until you let it get into you. The entrance of your words gives light. Not just the word. So that's why Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You have to make up your mind. Am I going to keep listening to the sin and to the world or am I going to listen to God and the word? Amen? Amen. If I want to come out of what I'm in, I got to come into what God has for me. And to get there, I got to get there through the word of God. Amen. Amen. I remember I got in the Word and praise God. You see, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so I got in the Word, and, 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 and then I found, you know, I found out this, 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 this book called Acts. Hallelujah. Bonnie and I finally got us a Bible, and we would share it because we didn't have enough money to get two. And so we would share a Bible. And we would read our Bible. I had my time with it, and she'd have her time with it. And so so yeah, I got over in the book of Acts, and it said, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And I went, Ooh, what are you going to need that power for? And you shall be witnesses unto me. Well, I was already, I was witnessing the people on the campus. I would buy tracts and hand them out and tell people about Jesus. Hallelujah. I played ball. I was working out all the time. I didn't care if you like me or not. Praise God. And then I got, I got this. You could be a more powerful witness if you got filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. And you know, I, 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 it took me almost two years to get somebody to show me how to get that. That's how I got hooked up with Kenneth Hagan. I finally, you know, the, in, in 1977, I saw him on a television show giving his testimony. I went to a bookstore and found his book on seven vital re- steps on receiving the Holy Ghost, and I read his book on the Holy Ghost and how to get it, and you know what happens? Faith comes by hearing or reading or studying the Word, right. and the entrance of His Word gives light. And I stepped out of the darkness of not knowing how to get it into the light of knowing how to get it. That's good. That's good. That's really good. Amen. And so on June the 7th, 1977, that was a Tuesday evening, if you don't remember. Hallelujah. (laughs) I was working a job between we finished up at, at East Tennessee State and I'm praying about where I'm going to go to Bible school now. I finished up my senior year, and we moved back down to Virginia, and I got that book, praise God, and I'm reading it, and I'm, you know, that evening. And so after I read it, I thought, well, I'm just gonna do what the word says. And I knelt down and I, I prayed the simple prayer of receiving the Holy Spirit, acted upon the words, because see, faith is an act. Are you hearing me? Faith isn't just believing. Faith is acting. He says, according to that which is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. Yeah, right. Amen? Yeah. In other words, I didn't just believe it and let it go. He said, I talked it, I spoke it, I did it. Amen? Yeah, that's good. And so I read about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Now, right down there, 20 minutes till 8 o'clock in the upstairs bedroom, the old farmhouse in Union Hall, Virginia. Hallelujah. Pray that prayer. Holy Spirit came on me. I'm sitting there. I never heard anybody speak in tongues. Went to a Pentecostal church, hear them talk in tongues, and all they did was pray loud so I wouldn't go back. Hallelujah. <laughs> I thought, I can pray loud. I came here to hear somebody talk in tongues. If you've got something, show me. Amen? But anyway, I, I'm, I'm there, you know, and, 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 and I'm I'm waiting. And, and, and down in my spirit, it just seemed like something like a little L down there. And I thought, what is that? And the Lord said, what's it look like? I said, it looks like an L. He said, then say it. Now, this is my experience. You have your own. But now, when I said L, it came right up and went out of my mouth. And then another little vow. And then, I, and the first thing I know, I'm there at, kneeling by the bed, praying in my prayer language, worshiping God. And you know, about. about I guess 10 minutes into me praying in tongues the devil showed up I say how do you know he showed up well he's the accuser of the brethren isn't he and what John said in Revelation and he's a liar and a thief so the devil shows up and he's, and he's right here back behind me and he says you're a pretty looking thing they thought you was crazy at that Baptist church down there now they know you, they're going to know you're just off your rocker now that's just you that's just you. You're making that up. Now a lot of people to stop stopped right then, but I'd already read where the devil is a liar in John 844 and the father of all lies. Amen. Amen. And so therefore if the devil's telling me I don't have it, he's lying. So I just stopped praying in tongues for a moment and I said, uh, thank you, Mr. Devil, for confirming to me that I am now filled the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues and you're just mad because God knows what I'm saying and you don't. Now get out of here in Jesus' name. You know what, he just packed up his bags and left. Hallelujah, amen. You know? But you see, every area of your life, if you're going to walk in the things of the kingdom of God, you have to have the entrance of his word coming into your life. According as it is written, I believed. I don't build my believing on how I feel. I don't build my believing on what people say. I don't build my believing on what's going on around me. I get into the Word of God, and what does the Word say? Amen? You'll never have faith for anything outside of the Word of God. Amen? Amen. I remember, you know, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and now I'm still fighting all sickness and stuff. And so I got in the Word of God and somebody gave me a, a, a list of healing scriptures. A friend of mine, he gave me a list of, a whole page of healing scriptures all the way from, you know, over in Deuteronomy, Exodus and right on up through and, and uh, Psalms and Isaiah and Matthew and, and you know, just, just a bunch of healing scriptures. And I, I memorized them. I got in there and memorized those scriptures. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Barney and I were driving along and I had a little 1971 Ford Pinto. Amen. And I'm driving along that little Ford Pinto, and I leaned over her, and I said, I'm not going to be sick anymore. She said, what? Now, she didn't say what because she was stunned. And I said that. She said what because that car was so bad. It had so much duct tape and chicken wire on it. You know what I'm talking about here. And the windows, it was as loud in the car as it was outside the car. Hallelujah. Oh. We eventually sold it for junk, and they came and towed it off. They wouldn't even drive it to the junkyard. But anyway, you know, I, I'm driving along this little car. Why was I driving that car? Because the revelation of prosperity had not come to me yet. So I couldn't believe for something above that because I was always taught to be poor, was to be humble and, and blessed of God. If that's a blessing, I want you to have it all. Hallelujah. <laughs> because I've been there, and it ain't a blessing. Amen. But you know what I did? I made the commitment. I I believed according to 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes you were healed, meant me. And according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. And I declared, I will walk in hell. You know, that's been a long time ago. I've been attacked in my body. I've gone through battles. The enemy's tried to hit me with sickness. It don't mean you're, going to, you're exempt from tests and trials just because you believe in the word. But in every physical attack that's ever came against me, God has got me through it, and I've came out the winner. Amen. Amen. Amen? Hallelujah. Because his word works. Amen? We're going to have tests and trials, but thank God the word works. And so you and I have to do this. We have to get in the word, first of all, and after we get in the Word, we have to believe it to the point. Somebody says, how do I know I will believe it? You'll say it. According to that which is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. If you ain't talking it, you ain't believing it. Come on. Because if you're still talking defeat, that's what you're believing in. That's what's got your attention. Because what you really believe is what you're going to say. In a pinch, in a pressure moment, what you're truly believing is what's going to come out of your mouth. That's good. Right. That's really good. It'll press you into a corner and you'll finally say, I knew we weren't going to make it. Uh-huh. Oh, now we know what happened, don't we? That's good. Huh. Amen. Amen. I heard Brother Hagin say one time, he said, I'm so convinced that the Lord is my healer. He said, you could tie me up to a tree and beat me all night. And the next morning, I'll still say I'm still healed by Jesus' stripes. Hallelujah. Because you can't beat it out of me because it's a part of who I am. So we have to get in the word. Amen. You have to believe you're, if you believe you're more than a conqueror, you'll talk like more than a conqueror. Amen. See, here's the thing you got to understand about faith and getting into this. In John chapter 8, verses 30, 31, and 32, the Lord Jesus was speaking, and it says, and many of those who heard him believed on him because of his word. Amen. Then Jesus turned in verse 31 to those Jews who believed in him and said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Then listen to what it says next, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. Amen. See, in John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. So you take the two of them and put them together. You know what Jesus was saying? He's saying, if you'll stay in the word and stay with the word and stay with the word, that word will then become the truth in your life. And when that word becomes the truth in your life, not just a truth, not some truth, but the truth, it'll set you free. I couldn't get set free from sickness and disease till the truth of by his stripes I was healed came into my heart. Amen? I couldn't walk in prosperity until the truth came into my life, Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I couldn't walk in the truth of being victorious until Romans 8:37. No, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. Amen. <laughs> I couldn't walk in strength until ye are of God little children and have overcome them, for greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, first John 4:4. 4, 4. Come on, church. <laughs> are you listening to me? And it gets in you to the point, according to what is written, I believe. And therefore, because I believe it so much, I'm so convinced I say it. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good. Amen. And you know what Jesus said when you believe it and you say it? In Mark eleven twenty three. 23, he said, if you'll believe in your heart and say it with your mouth, you shall have whatsoever you say. Amen. Woo, glory to God. How long, do you keep saying it, Pastor? I'll tell you how long you keep saying it until you get it. amen Amen. Hebrews 4.14 says we're to hold fast our confession hallelujah what's that mean I'm just going to keep saying it why because I say it God confirms it God makes it happen hallelujah Amen. Amen. amen so therefore I'm building my entire faith based upon what God says and you know what if you'll say it long enough you can talk yourself right into it amen that's Frank, there have been times, I, you know, I've looked down and the Lord said, go do this. And I went, yes. <laughs> I need some scripture. Hallelujah. <laughs> so before I do it, yeah, see, it's a good thing to read the Bible. You can learn a lot of things reading the Bible. Amen. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. You know, God told Joshua, he said, listen, Moses, my servant's dead. Now it's time for you to step up. You're going to take the people, over, you're going to divide the inheritance, you're going to do all these good things. So you're going to have to be strong and of good courage. Right. And Joshua looks at the people, looks at the river, looks at the problem. And God says, remember, you have to be strong and of good courage. Right, that's right. <laughs> Tells him twice. Yep. And so Joshua says, yes, yes, yes. And then God says, now here's how you're going to be strong and of good courage. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate therein day and night. And then you shall make your way prosperous. And then you shall have good success. Amen. You know what God's saying? He says, got to, for you to be strong and crazy, you've got to get in the Word until the Word gets in you. And it affects how you talk, it affects how you think, it affects your attitude. Right. Amen. It does. Come on, church. I mean, you know, a lot of people, if they win a battle, they're a like shock on their face. Wow, glory to God. My faith worked. Hallelujah. <laughs> you ought to have a shock on your faith if it didn't work. Oh, my God. had not worked yet? I'm going to, to say it again. Hallelujah. That's right. Because, see, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm committed to this. Amen. Yeah. So the first thing I'm going to have to do if I'm going to walk by the spirit of faith and do what God's called me to do is this. I have to build my faith on the word of God. Not opinions. Not feelings. Not what it looks like. But what does God say? What does God say? What does the word say? Because I'm going to stand there and and I've got a choice now. I can, if I'm fighting sickness off of my body, I can, I can look at 1 Peter 2.24, or I can look at my problem. Yeah, right. I can talk about my symptoms, or I can talk about my healer. That's right. That's good. Are you hearing me?
0: Yeah.
1: I choose to have faith in my healer, and because I believe it, I say it. Amen. Somebody says, well, what if you get around people that don't understand it? Say it quietly. You're not talking to them anyway.
0: That's right. That's
1: right. And you're not saying it for their benefit. Yeah. You understand your confession is for your benefit, not everybody else's. Amen.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm saying it because I'm believing God to do it for me. Are you hearing me? Right. And so therefore, you know, I- I'm going to be wise if I get out here and I'm around a bunch of people and, and they don't understand it. I'm not going to stand there and look at them and say, you know, here I am, both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beat up and crazy looking. I'm going, I'm more than a conqueror. They're going, this guy's nuts out Right. But you know what I am going to do? No matter what they're saying about me, down here quietly to myself, I'm going to say, thank you, Lord. You're getting me through this. I'm coming out the head, not the tail. I'm coming out victorious. I thank you, Lord. You've already paid the price for me to be delivered through this, and you're bringing me out. You're bringing me out. Thank you, Lord, for getting me the victory in this situation. See, because I believe it, it's in the word, I speak it. Amen? Amen. But let me give you real quickly something else you're going to have to do. He says this, the spirit of faith. And we have the same spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. This is a spiritual thing. So guess what you're going to need to help you with your faith? You're going to need the help of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen? Amen? Come on. John 16, 13, Jesus said this. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit's our guide, isn't he? Yes, he is. Amen. And you see, in 1 John 2.20, the Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One down in your spirit, an, an anointing, a witness down in your spirit, an unction. And some, somebody says, what's an unction? Just something down here tells you, yes or no, go, don't. Amen. Right. You know what I'm talking about. You ever been there and, 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 and you're about to say something and something down here goes, mm And you went ahead and said it anyway and got in trouble? (laughs) Didn't matter how much faith you had. Now you're in trouble. Hallelujah. Now you got to pray your way out. You should have listened to the Spirit because He was trying to give you some wisdom on when to speak and when not to speak. Amen? Amen. Because you see, the Holy Spirit will show you the path, the course that you're supposed to take. How do you do this? And in, in Romans 8, 14, the Bible says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. They're children of God. Amen? So guess what? If it's the Spirit of faith, I have to have the Word and the Spirit working together to get the victory. That's Amen? Right. Right. I'm a child of God, so I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows the way to go. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. He knows what's around the turn. Yes, Amen? He knows what to do. And you know, let me tell you something about, about this, being led by the Spirit and putting the Word and the Spirit together. You cannot use your faith in the Word and override that unction or leading of the Holy Spirit in your spirit and get victory. Let me tell you, what do you mean? You can get up in the morning. I'll tell you a story. A pastor and his wife went to a meeting with Kenneth Hagin years ago when he was out traveling, and... and uh, he taught them being led by the Spirit. And they came up to him and said, Oh, Brother Hagin, I wish we'd heard that message a, a year ago. He said, Why is that? He said, Well, we got up one morning. I was going to have to drive over to another town about an hour or so away. He said, I got up did my devotions. We prayed. My wife and I prayed. She fixed us some breakfast. We prayed to go. He said, We go out and get in the car. And I sat there and sat down in my car. And just something on the inside of me, something on the inside of me said, Don't go right now. Wait 10 minutes. Just wait 10 minutes. So I thought, well, I've already prayed. I'm claiming a safe trip over there. Use, I'm in faith in Jesus' name. I'm gone. He said, I ignored that little unction on the inside. He said, by halfway there, I went around a curve, and a car had wrecked. I smashed into that car. A truck came around behind us, smashed into us. My wife was in the hospital for a couple weeks. We were both injured really bad. He said, if I'd have sat there and waited 10 minutes, I'd have missed everything. See, so you can't just confess your way and override what the Holy Spirit's saying, because he's your guide. Amen. That's good. That's good. And where a lot of us are missing it is we just think we can take the word and believe it and say it and, and, and ignore what the Spirit of God's leading us to do in here. Right. That's good. That's a good word. That's good. But you can. Are you listening to me? Right. I don't care how much you're, you're confessing. If you go and do something that the Holy Spirit's telling you not to do, you're going to get in trouble. Because you cannot override the leading of the Spirit. For as children of God, we're to be led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher of the Word. So He knows how to make the Word work in that situation. How many of you have been... No hands. Don't don't raise your hands. Hallelujah. (laughs) But you've been there... And, and, and inside, you just felt like you should do something, but you just, well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And, and it, later on, you realize if you had just listened to that little witness down here, right. it would have just worked out. It would have worked out. It's exactly what you needed to do. See, faith is a spiritual thing, folks. You have to live by God, uh, for God, in your heart, in your spirit. And in your spirit, man, the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you. The word is spiritual, so therefore we are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. And we have to walk with the Spirit of God. Let me, let me give you a couple of illustrations, and, I, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll show you what we're talking about. I, we won't turn there, but in Second Kings chapter five, we know the story about Naaman the Syrian, great warrior, but he was a leper. They go out and they capture this young Hebrew girl and they bring her back and she's working with his wife in his home and, and apparently they were treating her right and doing nice because she was just, and so she finally said, oh, if my Lord was just over in Samaria. There's a prophet over there and he, he would get him healed. So Naaman goes to his king and says, hey, send me over to Israel. I'm gonna get healed. He's got God's will. It's God's will to heal him. This young lady who is in covenant with God just told him God will heal him. It's God's will. So he gets a letter from the king, goes over, and the king of Israel goes, oh, my God. And, he, and so, so Elisha, the prophet, says, don't worry about it. Send him to me. So the, Naaman goes to Elisha's house, and Elisha doesn't even go out. He sends his, one of his helpers. He says, go out and tell him to dip seven times in Jordan. He'll be healed. This young man goes out and says, the prophet said, go dip seven times in Jordan, and you'll be healed. You know what Naaman does? He doesn't celebrate and get excited about being healed because he's already come up with his own way on how he's going to use his faith to get healed. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to go over here. That prophet's going to come out, wave his arms, thunder, lightning, boom, he's going to strike and the leper's going to fall off and I'll be healed and there'll be a miracle and a sign before everybody. He already had it worked out how he was going to use his faith and get God's will done. And when the prophet sends the servant out, he gets mad upset because it's not the way he wanted it. So he turns his chair and he's heading back and finally one of his servants comes up and says, listen, if he'd have told you to go do something great and mighty, you would have done it. Why don't you just go down and dip seven times? And he talks him into it. He goes down, dips seven times, does it God's way and comes up healed and delivered. See, he knew God's will, but it wouldn't work until he did it God's way. Amen? And See, a lot of us, the reason our faith confession isn't working is what is the way God told you to do it? How are you supposed to be doing this? What course, what mode are you supposed to be following? How is God telling you to do it? Amen? Because when I get the way hooked up with the will, I got God's plan, and now it'll work in my life. Because wow, I'm not only doing what he said, now I'm doing it his way. That's good. That's really how he wants it done. Amen? That's why you have to be led by the Spirit. Give you another illustration. 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verses 8 through 17 King David, he's anointed king. The Philistines get mad because David is now king. They don't like David. So they come up. So what does David do? He inquires the Lord, Shall I go out against him? The Lord says, Yes, go and pursue. And David goes out and fights him and defeats him. They go out, regroup. David goes back, thinks everything's good. And all of a sudden he hears again the Philistines are coming. You know what David did? David was smarter than most of us. Instead of just, well, you know what? It was God's will to go defeat this enemy before. I'll just go out and get him again. But you know what David did? He stopped before he did anything. He said, Lord, shall I go out and pursue? He prayed again. Same enemy, same type battle, but he waited to find out how God wanted to do it. See, a lot of us, we whip the devil and and, and get a healing or something. But then the next time, we just try to do the same thing the same way. And it don't work. Because God tells David, he says, no, no, no. Don't go out. Wait till they come around. Then circle around behind them in the mulberry bushes. And when you hear the trees roaring, go out and get them. And you know what? David goes out and totally defeats them to the point that they say, this guy is amazing. We tried two different ways to get him and both times he outsmarted us. And so they, did, they they left him alone. It wasn't that David was so smart. It was that David was smart enough to hear from God both times. Amen.
0: Amen. That's
1: good. Just because you got healed of a headache doing it this way one time, if a headache comes back again, ask God how to get rid of it the second time. Amen? That's good. Amen. Amen. Always put the spirit and the word together, yes. Amen. You ever notice how the Lord Jesus, when He ministered on the earth, He didn't do it all always the same way. Right. I mean, you know, He healed some blind men. You know, He just told them to see. He laid hands on another one, and then in John's Gospel, the uh, the ninth chapter, there's a blind man came to Jesus, and, and and they're debating on who's 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 the cause of it, and Jesus. Says, And he spits on the ground, makes some clay, puts it in the guy's eyes, says, Now go to the pool of Siloam and wash your eyes and you'll be healed. Well, why didn't the Lord just heal him? I don't know. (laughs) Someday when we get there, we'll ask him. Hallelujah. But you know what? That man didn't blink an eye, didn't hesitate. He headed straight to the pool. Now, there are many pools in Jerusalem. He goes to the one that Jesus told him to go to, washes it off, and comes back with a miracle. Now, why did he get his faith working? He not only had God's will that Jesus was a healer, he listened to Jesus and did it his way. Amen? Amen? So here's my question, and here's where we come. What is God's will? What do you believe in God for today? What is it that's in your heart? What need is pressing in? What situation do you need God to move in your life? It'll start with according to that which is written. You need to get in the word and get you a scripture to stand on. And then secondly, how does God want you to do it? Be led by the spirit. Because if you'll do it according to the word and do it how God tells you to do it, then God will make sure that it comes to pass. Amen? That's good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We thank you right now for showing yourself mighty and strong. And Lord, there are those in here today that have fought battles and are fighting battles. And Lord, I thank you today and praise you that they're, they're word people. and they, they, they know your word brings deliverance. They know your word is for them. And Lord, according as you have written it, Lord. We don't have to change it. We don't have to make it say anything. But Lord, we get into your written word and we believe it. And we take our stand upon it. But Lord, we're also born of the Spirit and led of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit himself resides in us. And Holy Spirit, today, I just thank you for beginning right now to speak into every heart. And every one of us in here, not only God's will, but the, the course, the mode of action, the way he wants us to do it. And Lord, I thank you and praise you. I thank you right now for speaking to hearts and speaking to lives. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us how to do this and what to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. It all begins with a new birth. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed as we wait just a moment on the Lord. I ask you a question. Is Jesus Lord of your life? You just don't believe in God. You're one with God. That's Don was saying earlier. 1 Peter 2.10. Those who were not a people are now the people of God. I'm a, I'm a child of God. Not because I go to church, not because I believe in God, but because I've asked Christ into my heart and given my life to Him. If Jesus is not Lord, and if you can't answer that like I couldn't, I was I believed I was a good person. I believed in God. But do you have a personal living relationship with Jesus Christ this morning? If not, you need to do that first foremost. That's where it all starts. Jesus said, I'm the door. That means He's the entrance into everything that God has for you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I ask you this. Would you be honest with yourself, honest with God, and if you're not where you need to be with the Lord Jesus Christ today, maybe you need to rededicate. Maybe you just need to to make some renewals to Him. Some things came in, frustrated you. Maybe you've fallen back a little bit. You just realize. I'm not where I need to be. It's what we're here. It's what that grace and mercy of God is for, to help us in our times of struggle. Right now, I'm going to ask you to do two things. First, I'm going to ask you to just be honest with yourself and honest with God. And if you'd like to have prayer this morning to recommit your life to Christ or give your life to Christ, I'm going to ask you to just lift up a hand to heaven. Just reach up to the Lord and say, Lord, today I'm reaching up to you. Anybody here? I need to reach up to Jesus. God bless you. I'm reaching up to the Lord. Lord, today. 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 I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I want us all to just while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed right now, each one of us. Would you pray this prayer with me? Just say this after me. Dear heavenly Father, I thank you for sending the Lord Jesus to redeem me, to pay the price that I could receive salvation and redemption and become a child of God. Today, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me, that you were raised from the dead, and that you are Lord. And Lord Jesus, right now, I recommit, I reaffirm, and I declare before all, That I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And Lord Jesus, I rededicate, I reconsecrate my life to you. And I thank you, Lord, that you wash me and you cleanse me from all sin, every wrong deed through the blood of the covenant. And I'm washed in the blood, I'm cleansed and made holy. I declare today Jesus is my Lord Lord Jesus I ask you now to anoint me and fill me with a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit I receive you coming into me now anointing me to live this life of faith and to help me serve my God thank you Heavenly Father I receive these things now in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want you to stand up, lift your hands up, and praise God this morning. Come on, just lift up your hands and praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, some of you have been believing God for some things. Put those two things together. Get in the Word. But what's the Holy Ghost saying? How is the Holy Spirit telling you to do it? Don't do it like somebody else did. Now, what the, now this is the thing. Just because you saw. Him. Holy Spirit may have you do it exactly like they did. But it's His direction to you. You're not just following them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen. Blind Bartimaeus had to yell and scream throw a fit because people were telling him shut up, be quiet, don't do that but he just he just kept on going until he got the Lord's attention right. and when the Lord said bring him over here he threw off that, that cloak that meant I ain't going back that man was in faith and the reason he did that is because he had heard that Jesus was the miracle worker and when he went to Jesus, Jesus said, what would you have me do for it? Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, according to your faith. And he just healed him. Now, that was his way. But then in John chapter 9, Jesus spit on the clay and put it in his eyes and told him to go wash. That was his way. That's right. Amen. Amen. Amen? Two miracles, two different ways. But both from the same source. Amen? Put your faith in the Lord Jesus. Seek Him for your miracle. Act on His word and say, Holy Spirit, now show me the Lord's way to get this done. Amen? Hallelujah.